Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Governed by God as we pick up on Isaiah chapter 48, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Now in chapter 48, God speaks about how that he is going to restore then under the Holy One, Jehovah's servant, and God is going to restore the house of Jacob. Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel. You're called by the name of Israel. The name of Israel literally means governed by God. Beautiful name. A man governed by God, Israel. It was a name that was given to Jacob by the Lord after Jacob had wrestled all evening and finally surrendered, weeping and crying. He said, please don't go before you bless me. And he said, what is your name? He said, heel catcher. He said, you won't be called heel catcher anymore. You're going to be called a man governed by God. All his life, he had been a surplanter. All of his life, he had lived by his wits. All of his life, he was conniving, living on the border, crooked, scheming. You're no longer going to be a schemer, conniver. You're going to be a man governed by God. And so the name Israel is a beautiful name because it means a man governed by God. And so you have been called, he said, by the name of Israel and are come forth out of the waters of Judah. You have sworn by the name of the Lord and you make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. You've been called by the name, but not in truth. You've sworn by God, but not in righteousness. You haven't really been governed by God. You've only got the name, but it's not a reality. Now, this is an unfortunate thing, and it exists so prevalently today. There are so many people calling themselves Christians. So many of the Hollywood set calling themselves Christians. So many of the Washington sets calling themselves Christians. But you read of their activities and it is anything but Christian. So they take the name. You've been called by the name of Israel. You've taken the name governed by God. But God isn't governing your lives. You've not submitted your life to God. You take the name of Christian, but you're not living as Christ. You're living after the flesh in your moral impurities and and in your cesspools, and yet you say, we are Christ-like. It's not Christ-like at all. So God is rebuking them for taking the name when in reality it isn't taken in righteousness nor in truth. For they call themselves of the holy city, and they stay themselves on the God of Israel, The Lord of hosts is his name. 
But I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth, and I showed them, and I did them suddenly, and they came to pass, because I knew that you are obstinate, and your neck is as an iron sinew, or your iron muscles in your neck, and your brow is brass. You're a hard-headed, stiff-necked bunch of people, God is saying. Can't get anything through your skull. It's like brass. You're so stiff-necked. I have even from the beginning declared it to thee. Before it came to pass, I showed it to you, lest you should say, my little idol did this, and my graven and my molten image has wiped them out. Now, God declared what he was going to do to Babylon, and God declared how he was going to bring them from their captivity, lest when this did happen, God told them in advance, lest that when it did happen, they'd hold up their little idol. Well, my little God, he delivered us. Isn't that wonderful? And they start giving credit to their idols again. And so God spoke of the whole thing in advance so that, so that they would know that they, he was the one who had accomplished it by telling them in advance. Now you have heard. See all of this. And will not ye declare it? I have showed you new things from this time, even hidden things, and you did not know them. They are created now and not from the beginning, even before the day when you heard them not, lest you should say, behold, I knew them. In other words, I've told you things before they happen. Now they are happening, but I've told you already. Lest you should go, well, I knew it was going to be. And say, well, of course, you can figure that out. There, there's a lot of people that still take this attitude towards, towards the things of God. Well, it's obvious it's going to happen, you know. Does God really know? Yea, you did not hear. Yea, you did not know. Yea, from that time that your ear was not open, for I knew that you would deal very treacherously. And you were called a transgressor from the womb. I knew you, and I knew that this would be. But for my name's sake will I defer mine anger. And for my praise will I refrain for thee that I do not cut you off. Now, it's only my, my own mercy and grace that I don't cut you off. And God could very well say that to each of us. You've been stiff-necked. You've been hard-headed. And yet God's put up with you. And only for his name's sake, he hasn't cut us off. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. But I have chosen for thee the furnace of affliction. So their refining was to come through great affliction. And so that great affliction that they experienced in Babylon was a part of God's refining process for these people. God chose the furnace of affliction as the refining agent. And tell me, what people of earth have experienced more affliction than the Jews? They are persecuted almost wherever they have gone. Been, they've been persecuted. They've been hated. God declares that he has chosen the furnace of affliction. But for my own sake, even for my own sake, will I do it. For how should my name be polluted and I will not give my glory to another? 
You see, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. To sin against revealed light is far worse than to sin in total ignorance. For he who knew the will of God and did it not will suffer many stripes, yet he who knew not the will of God, yet did things worthy of many stripes, shall be beaten with few, for unto whom much is given, much is required. Now, the greater your knowledge of God, the greater the revelation of God to your life, the, the greater is the sin if you sin against that knowledge and revelation. And these people have been chosen as God's instrument to bring light to the world, to bring God's truth to the world. They had received the oracles of God. They had received the ordinances of God, the statutes, the law. God had committed unto them all of these things, and yet they turned from the true and the living God and they began to worship the gods of the Canaanites. They began to worship Bel and Molech and Mammon. They began to make their idols and bow down to them and worship them. And thus their sin was greater and thus the judgment more severe as God chose the furnace of affliction to purify these people again as a people unto himself. And for his own sake, God said, I will do it because you've polluted my name and I will not give my glory to another. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he, I am the first and the last. My hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I call unto them, they stand up together. Oh, now God is saying, hey, now look. You've been worshiped these dumb little idols that can't speak, they can't hear, they can't move. You've got to carry them around. I am the true and the living God. I've brought the furnace of affliction. I've chosen this as, as a refining instrument. Now listen to me. Listen to me, for I am God. I'm the first and I'm the last. In Revelation we read, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. My hand also laid the foundation of the earth, and again, my right hand hath spanned the heavens. What does that mean? That God measured the universe with the span of his right hand. Now, when I was in school, we were taught that the universe was about four billion light years in diameter. By the time I graduated from college, we were taught that the universe was six billion light years in radius. It had increased tremendously in my schooling years. Now there are some scientists who have proclaimed that they have discovered galaxies 50 billion light years away. Now I really don't know how. They know that it's that far. But that is what the claim is. Of course, you see, there's a lot of exaggeration 
and guesswork that is done in the name of science and just some true fraudulism, such as the Piltdown Man, the Java Man, absolute frauds. But these things are done in the name of science. And I was talking with a famous archaeologist and scientist one day about the, age, the dating of the age of some of these fragments of, of skulls and so forth that they have found. And so he said to me, well, now, Charles, he was my professor and he was a tutor for a while. He took a great interest in me and, and I gained much from him, Dr. Albro. He said, now, Charles, he said, if we were, say, digging out here in uh, the area of Sabina Canyon, and as we are digging, we come upon a skull, he said, we are needing money for our further digging and exploration, and so we want this to be an important find. Now, they have already found skulls of Indians that they have dated in this area as having been here 4,000 years ago. So if we say this skull is 2,000 years, it's not news because they know that Indians have been here for 4,000 years because the last guy said his skull was 4,000 years old. That's where he got his headlines. So in order that we might get notoriety and attention for our find. I examine it carefully. I take fragments and send it to the uh, carbon dating laboratories, and I send them to enough until I get the age that I want. And he said, I make the proclamation, we have found a skull that is 5,000 years old, proving that Indians were here 5,000 years ago. All of a sudden, we've got the oldest skull that was ever discovered, and news, everybody wants to know about it, and everybody just, uh, is interested, and he said, then it's easy to get money for further digging and exploration. He said, that's how most of the skulls are dated. Now, the same is true if the scientists would say, we've discovered a new galaxy, it's six billion light years out, go away. They've already discovered them 12 billion light years out there. So some guy really went out on the string the other day, he found one 50 billion, and it's gonna take something to beat him now. <laughs> but, supposing he is correct. Now, uh, from, his, from his find, 50 billion light years, they have developed a whole new theory of the universe. And that is that the universe is continually and constantly expanding, clearing out. In other words, uh, the, the present theory, the Big Bang, everything went out. And as it finally reach, reaches the apogee, that it'll start to pull back together. And finally, all of the stars in the black hole will be drawn and sucked into this big, you know, gravitational black hole that's here in the universe. No, the reason why it's a black hole, because the gravitational pull is so strong, the light can't escape from it. And so everything's going to be gobbled up by this big black hole until the atoms will be compacted so tightly in this gravitational pull, the big black hole, that something will go wrong and they'll explode again and the whole thing can start over. And out on one little planet, under ideal conditions, an amoeba 
may develop in the ooze. <laughs> and in billions of years, a new man may again stand upon a new planet in this whole new universe, you know, and start guessing how old <laughs> are the fossils that he found. Now, if indeed the man found a galaxy 50 billion light years away, all he did was make God that much bigger. I thought he was big when he could span the universe of 12 billion light years with his right hand. God said, I span it with my right hand. That is, he made, how big is God? Oh. <laughs> now, God, I've got this horrible problem. It's so big. I don't know if even you can work this one out, God, you know. <laughs> I need to lift this trunk, and it's so heavy, you know. Oh, if we only realize the greatness of our God. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel. I am the first and the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spanned the heavens. And when I call them, they stand, I say, hey, and they come to attention. <laughs> oh, my, it's going to be glorious to be in heaven and watch God order things around. <laughs> All of ye assemble yourselves and hear, which among them hath declared these things? The Lord hath loved him. He will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arm shall be on the Chaldeans. I've loved my people. I will do my pleasure, but I will bring out on the Chaldeans and the Babylonians my judgment. I even I have spoken it. Yea, I have called him, I have brought him, and I will make his way prosperous. Now, verse 16, one that really jumped out at me. Come ye near unto me, hear ye this. I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, there I am. And now the Lord God and his Spirit hath sent me. Who is this speaking? It would have to be Jesus. You remember when Jesus was talking with the Pharisees? And they said, we are Abraham's children. He said, if you were the children of Abraham, then would you believe me? Because Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it. And they said, what are you talking about? You're not even 50 years old, and you say that Abraham saw you? <laughs> and Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Now you have much the same here. From the beginning, from the time that it was, I am. There I am. And now the Lord God and his Spirit hath sent me. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, none other than Jesus Christ, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit which leadeth thee by the way that you should go. Oh, that you would have hearkened to my commandments. Then had your peace been as a river and your righteousness as the waves of the sea. Oh, if you'd only listen, the Lord said. 
I'm the one who has taught you to prosper. God has put it in them, that uncanny ability to prosper. I have led you in the way that you should go. Oh, if you'd only have hearkened to my commandments, then your peace would have been as a river. The people, it is interesting, many of them are angry with God because of that furnace of affliction that they have gone through. But that has only come as the result of their not obeying the commandments of God. Had they only obeyed. Now, even today, they are seeking to effect before God a righteousness, not of the covenant of the law, but of their own making, a righteousness of works. As on Yom Kippur, they balance their good deeds with their evil and offer their good works unto God for an atonement for their sins. And yet God's covenant said, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so God says, hey, if you'd only listened, if you'd only obeyed my commandments, your peace would have been as a river. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 48 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. And now may the Lord help you to assimilate that which we have studied, and may he bring to your remembrance those things which he has commanded. And may you be enriched in the knowledge of God and his will and his plan for your life. May the Lord be with you, to bless you, to guide you, and may you be kept by that power of God through faith and trust in him. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Come study the Bible with Pastor Chuck Smith as he teaches from Genesis through Revelation on a digitally remastered audio edition of Pastor Chuck's Bible Commentary. That's over 600 audio MP3 files of Pastor Chuck teaching through the entire Bible, all on a 16-gig reusable flash drive. 
Now you can easily listen to Pastor Chuck's Bible commentaries when you insert this key into your computer. Then you can transfer all of these audio Bible studies to a smartphone or any other listening device to learn and study God's Word on the go. And not only that, you can reuse this flash drive that easily fits onto any keyring for even more mobility at a fraction of the cost. What a great way to study and learn God's Word. For more information, please call the Word for Today at 1-800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.